Keeping up with the Joneses. AJ Jones. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas. Thanks. How the heck are you? <laughs> <laughs> Just dawned on me that this episode will be released on Christmas Eve. It will. That's <laughs> nice. It's our Christmas gift to the world. Yes. No receipt is included. We're sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. You no can't give it back. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Keeping Up with the Joneses. The last episode of 2018, episode 211. This week, we're talking about giving. Before we get into the meat of that episode, AJ Jones, tell me how your week was. It was a great week. We had uh, David Campbell stayed with us for about four or five days, didn't he? He did. David was our guest last week on the podcast. If you missed that, I'll put a link in the show note. He's just got a glorious accent and a glorious personality. He's one of the most laid back people ever. He was so easy to host. Basically, as long as we had coffee, he was fine. That's a pretty good summary. He did drink more coffee than I've ever seen an individual drink, ever. It it was astonishing how much caffeine that man could consume. <laughs> and still go to sleep. And yeah, he said caffeine doesn't bother him at all. Apparently, because he could have about 10 cups of coffee and still be fine. <laughs> he, he, I don't know if it was jet lag or the Holy Spirit or coffee... But he didn't get home till, what, like 1 o'clock? He was ministering at m till at least 12.30. I think 20 to 1 was when he finished praying for the last person. Then he got yeah. home around 1-ish to our house. We ended up not going to bed till about 20 past 1. Yeah. And then got up the next day and taught. I mean, he taught all day Monday, ministered till... 1 o'clock in the morning, practically. And then got up and ministered again. Yeah. And he was fine. Totally fine. Yep. Yay, I guess, coffee. <laughs> And Holy Spirit, I think. I think probably Holy Spirit more than coffee. But anyway, yes. Yeah, he came home buzzing. Anyway, joy to have David. An absolute joy. I love hosting people. Yeah, it was really fun. And you taught this week. The thing is, because we've been on vacation. Doesn't feel like it was a week ago, does it? Well, yeah, not even a week. Doesn't feel like at the start of this week I was teaching on honor. Yeah. It feels like it was weeks and weeks ago because... We, I taught Monday, Tuesday, and then we are off, baby. We've been off since Tuesday. We went to church this morning. Yes. But apart from that, it's been full-on pajama mode. Um, It has, yes. I tried to put pants on this morning, and I honestly had to pause to stop and think, wait, how do these, what do I do? Because I've just been <laughs> in pajamas. How do pajamas. I wear pants? Yes. Yeah. And again, I should say trousers for our British audience. Unless they think I've been underwearless all day. Yes, that would be a good clarification to put in there. Yeah, you're welcome. So you have been playing Mario and Rabbits. I think the the name is Mario and Rabbids. I'm not I'm not completely sure of it. It was on sale I think Black Friday. And I texted Mr. Will, who is my source to all things Nintendo, and said, Do you think I'd like this game? And he said, Yeah, I think you would. And it, it's kind of a turn-based strategy game. It's like a really violent game of chess. So you've got this board, and you place your characters, and then they attack the other characters, and then it's the other characters' turn to attack you. And and so on paper, it sounded really tedious and slow and not my cup of tea. But, oh my gosh, I've raced through it. I've loved it. I've absolutely loved it. And now I'm going back and playing all the harder levels to complete it 100%. Of course you are. But it's thoroughly enjoyable. I think because it's all set in the world of Mario, which I have a deep emotional connection to from my early, no, I was going to say my childhood, but really my late teens, early 20s, it, it's, it's just joyful, absolutely joyful. Amazing. And it's fueled by, David did bring, how many pounds of chocolate? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. The, the biggest chocolate bars I've ever seen. Yeah, seven metric tons of chocolate. So I've been <laughs> seriously being diligent working through those. Y- y- yes. And the only exercise I've had is is shipping books. 
I think I've only had two small pieces out of all of that chocolate. Are you saying it's gone? I'm saying that's your lack of discipline <laughs> that's not prioritized British chocolate. <laughs> okay, but are you saying it's gone? It's not gone, no. It's it's still... Where is it? It's hidden around the house. Uh, <laughs> Where? Around the house? You just ask Jesus. Okay. We'll see if you can find I it. I will. How? I've done no Christmas... Well, I've done some Christmas shopping... It's all been online. I've noticed you've been furiously moving in, around. In fairness, you don't usually do the Christmas shopping. Hey. <laughs> well. I resemble that statement. <laughs> but in two days, I get to figure out what you've been up to, mm-hmm. Christmas present-wise. Yeah. I've yeah. punched holes in the box. Hopefully, it'll survive for another two days. I know. I saw it moving. Mm-hmm. Very concerning. Do you uh, have any clue what I've got you for Christmas? I don't. You don't? That's because I asked the Lord to turn off your prophetic gift in that area. Did you? I did. Yeah. I said, Lord, please don't. I just want this to be a surprise for her. Okay. Well, it's working. So no, I have no, no clue idea. at all. No. Would you like some hints? Yes. You're not getting any. <laughs> That's cruel. It's it's only like it's not even, it's like a day and a bit away. You could give me one hint. Okay. Some assembly is required. Okay. okay. That's not a great hint. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be a great hint. Okay. Your Christmas present to me, which you bought, is currently stuck at customs. Yes. Well, and that's because it's a live llama. It's being delayed. Yes. But I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm I so excited wait. for Christmas. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait. Very exciting. Literally can't wait. Anything else about this week we need to talk about? Well, the Christmas service this morning was very cute, wasn't it? Very, very cute. All these tiny kids doing readings. A couple of them were like... Just their fate, their chins were at the podium. That was very sweet. It was very cute. Yeah, we basically did a tag team of readings and carols and then got out of there pronto. We did. And we were done like an hour early. Yes. Well, what, like 45 minutes early, yeah. What time did you finish the first service? At? Well, that's probably true. We we finished at 9.45 for the first service. And then we finished at 10 minutes after 12 or six minutes after 12 for the second service. The disadvantage of that is then you're like fighting with all the Baptists and stuff for restaurants because, you know, normally we get out late enough that we're not affected uh, by the church rush. Right. But anyway, it, it worked out well today. Just to eat where the Baptists don't, you'll be fine. There you go. Hey, also, what about that thing that MJ told you in the car? You were driving to church today. Minding my own business, I'm driving with MJ, and MJ says to me, empathy is when you feel what other people feel. I was like, I beg your pardon? He's like, empathy is when you feel what other people feel. I said, are you saying empathy? He said, yeah. He said, like, if my friend's crying, it makes me want to start crying. That's empathy. I'm like, (laughs) you're just the most adorable six-year-old ever. So cute. Where did you say he learned that? He said he learned it in school in life skills class. I never got taught life skills. No, I never got taught about empathy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, kindergarten, you're already learning about empathy. That's awesome. Well done. Fluent nature of the heart. There you go. Our main topic this week is all about giving. It is. We didn't plan it for Christmas. No. We've been doing this 10-week series called Back to Basics. These are, like, we whittled down what we think every Christian should know. We start with the Bible and talked about the Holy Spirit, hearing God's voice, the Father's love, forgiveness, church, inner healing, healing, authority, and we're ending on giving. We basically thought, this is what we think every Christian should know about. Yes. Like the 10 things we think, hey, if you were to only listen to us talk about 10 things, 
this is what we want you to take away. Right. And right. I've, I've had fun doing it. I, I hope, listeners, you've been encouraged by it. And giving, it's funny because we were at Christmas time, but we weren't, believe me, we are not that clever to line up topics with timing. But here we are, we're talking about giving. Where do you want to start, baby? Well, I guess my first thought is that giving, of course, is just an outward expression of an inward heart posture of generosity. So it's the outworking of something that's already happening in your heart, hopefully. Yeah, I remember John saying, John Ona, our our pastor, spiritual father from Toronto, who said, all of the kingdom is built on generosity. Mm-hmm. Like it started with God's heart, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right. that whosoever should believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Ultimate like, generosity. Complete generosity. Yes. And then, of course, Jesus' generosity in laying down his life. No one takes my life from me. I give it freely. I mean, so we love being on the receiving end of generosity. Yes. But part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to fashion us into Christ-likeness. Yeah. So we leave our old way of thinking and we become just like Jesus and we're most like God when we're generous, when we're when we're giving. Right. So to give you an example, uh, you know, we've had many times where we have been out for lunch somewhere and someone has just mysteriously paid for our lunch or paid for our dinner or something like that. Right. And so, and we, and we've done that a few times. We just, you know, when the Holy Spirit's like, Hey, look over there, do you know, pay for that? You know, so it's just fun. Like it's just super fun. It absolutely is. And, uh, so today we were out for lunch and actually walked by this family that we know and, you know, they were having food and whatever. And immediately I was like, Oh my gosh, we could totally pay for their lunch and, you know, just bless them. And, you know, they're just, we know them to be a blessing to everybody around them, you know, kind of thing. So it was just fun to know that we could actually kind of, you know, get them back, which is probably the wrong way of putting it. But you know what I mean? Like, let, let me ask you this. I haven't been on the receiving end of having people buy our meals and then getting to buy other people's meals. Which one do you find greater joy in doing? It's more fun to buy their meals. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, don't get I me mean, wrong. It's, it's awesome when people buy your meals. Oh, yeah. But it's... There's something like just I I love the just getting to sort of bless someone when they don't expect it and they don't even have to respond to you. You know, you can just love them in that way. It's Jehovah sneaky at work. Yeah, it was very fun. That little sneakiness that you feel when you're about to do it. Yeah. I, I love that feeling. Yeah. Generosity does not come naturally to our old way of living. Yes. Like the old man, the unredeemed state. We don't want to be generous. Like I, I found before Jesus taught me about generosity, I... I just wanted to keep everything to myself. And we'll talk about what that is in a second. But because it's one of the Holy Spirit's passion to fashion us into the likeness of Jesus, God's given us some pretty good instructions to become like him, yeah. especially in the areas of generosity. Yeah, There's no way we can talk about giving without first talking about tithing, even though tithing isn't giving. Right. So give me a description of what tithing is. So tithing is this universal principle of returning 10% of all that you have back to God. Why do you say it's a universal principle? Most uh, most people who are opposed to tithing say it's an Old Testament covenant. Why do you say it's a universal principle? Because it's in the New Testament as well. We just, I think people want to just think it isn't so they don't actually have to pay attention to it. It also predates the law. Yeah. So when people are like, oh, that's, you know, that's law. I'm like, no, nah, actually it appeared hundreds of years before the law. That's right. Uh, so that's why, you know, we think of it as a this universal principle and so it's yeah it's 10 percent of your increase and so your increase is your salary it's raises and bonuses it's any gifts that you get given 
um, just, you know, anything that is given into you uh, in, in cash form, basically. Yeah, that causes an increase. Yeah. I tweeted this out earlier this week. I don't know why I was thinking of it, but I was thinking that that tithing, when you tithe, you're neither being generous nor are you giving. Right. Like you're not generous when you tithe, you're merely obedient. Right. You don't you also don't you also don't give a tithe to God, you're merely returning it. So you can't give what isn't yours. So if tithing is neither generosity nor is it giving then you might ask, well, what is it? I found tithing to be this brilliant discipline that stretches your mind and keeps your heart supple in order to give with a heart of generosity, not give with a reluctant closed fist. Yeah, or live your whole life under fear because you think there's never going to be enough. I mean, tithing deals with so much yuckiness of our hearts. Such a brilliant invention. Yeah. I'm about to use an analogy that is purely theoretical. Tithing (laughs) is like going to the gym for your heart. Okay. So if you think about the people that you know in our lives who regularly go to the gym, who regularly work out, they are more flexible. I mean, physically, they're more flexible. (laughs) They tend to have more energy. Yeah. And what's funny is the payoff that they get isn't found doing the workout. The payout comes after. The workout is when they're tired. You know, they go to the gym, they work out, their muscles are sore. Yeah, it costs them something. Right. But the lifestyle of working out regularly yields to greater benefits that you find later on in life. Yes. Tithing's like that. It's not fun writing checks for 10% of everything that you have. But what happens is it it keeps anything that would rob generosity away. Yes. That's really good, babe. I like it. Oh, thanks. I'm actually planning a four-week, three-week? I can't remember. Three, I think. Is it three-week series? At the end of January in 2019, I'm going to be teaching on, on this whole topic. So I've I've been praying with the Holy Spirit and been talking and been dialoguing. So I've got... I've just been rummaging around my head and just dialoguing with the Holy Spirit. So some of the stuff is, is popping up. Talk to me about the the biggest obstacle to generosity and tithing. Well, I think the enemy of generosity is actually just the spirit and the mindset of mammon. Ooh, we're talking about demonic mindsets and demonic spirits. Woo-hoo-hoo. Talk to me about mammon. How does mammon operate? Well, I think mammon says that they there will never be enough. Oh, it's that. It's that. It almost seems reasonable, doesn't yes. it? Yes. I mean, it just comes to you and just talks to you at the side of your head. Yeah. Mammon seems logical. Mammon seems like he's giving you good advice. Mm-hmm. But actually, mammon is just another voice of fear. Oh, yeah. You know, it's distrust of God and just thinking, oh, gosh, there really is never going to be enough. That's what I love about tithing. Tithing constantly draws this line in the sand that says to everybody listening, spiritual, you know, invisible, invisible, I can't be bought. And I will not be scared off by lack. Yeah, I'm with him. Right, yeah. Tithing reminds us that everything we have comes from God. So if we return back to God what's already his, he can always give us more. Tithing, actually, it's funny. Tithing demonstrates that we have confidence we'll never be in lack. Yeah. Whereas mammon constantly reminds us we always will be. Okay, so babe, the question is, we're talking about tithing, but Mm -hmm. if tithing has nothing to do with generosity, why are we talking about it? Well... (laughs) That's a great question. With tithing as our bedrock and mammon kept at bay, 
giving then becomes something that we can practice. Right. And you only get generous by actually giving. You will never be a theoretically generous person. Right? It's the by generosity is the byproduct of consistent giving. Largely speaking, we will not give if we're not already tithing. If right. we are not tithing, we are in idolatry to mammon. And mammon says, you, you, you can't tithe, you can't give. So I've never met a generous giver who wasn't previously a generous tither. Yeah, I've heard people say, and I remember even thinking this, like, well, I'll get generous when I have a lot of money. Oh. And actually, no, you won't. Right. You know, if you don't actually learn to put God first when you have little, mm-hmm. you're not going to learn to put him first when you have much. It's yeah. just going to get swept away. I think it was Bill Johnson who said, when you have little, sacrifice is easy, generosity is hard. Yes. And when you have a lot, generosity is easy, but sacrifice is hard. Yeah. The whole thing is you learn both in, it's a biblical principle where you are faithful in the small things before you're faithful in the big. Yeah. So like I, we have some friends who, I, this is just brilliant. They they said, they called me one day and they just said, we've been praying and we were talking the other night at dinner. Wouldn't it be amazing to be able to pay off somebody's mortgage? And we're just thinking about how we can't wait till we get to the point in our lives where we're so financially full that we can pay off somebody's mortgage. And they said, we were talking about that. And then the Holy Spirit challenged us going, love your heart, but you could actually practice that now. And they're like, how could we pay off somebody's mortgage? And the Holy Spirit was like, oh, you can't pay off somebody's mortgage right now, but you could pay somebody's mortgage for a month. And so they called us to say, hey, we're thinking of this couple in the church. Could you find out how much their mortgage is? We'd like to pay their mortgage for a month. Right. And I was like, I love that. That's amazing. sowing where you want to go. Yeah, absolutely. We found that there's two types of giving. There's when you can give out of your overflow, which is one of the reasons God will give you an abundance. Mm-hmm. And then there's giving sacrificially. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, or we call it tithing, giving, and giving when it hurts. Right. The difference between giving and giving when it hurts is usually, I think if you've been practicing a discipline of giving, that comes easy. But the, the, the giving that hurts is usually initiated by the Holy Spirit. Where it's like, hey, why don't you do this thing you'd never think of? Yes. Like give away a car, give away a house, or right. you know something extravagant. You're like, ooh, oh, ooh, ooh that's going to no. hurt. Yeah. The thing that, that the two types of giving have in common is what you were touching on earlier about lunch. Jesus said... Or Paul said that Jesus said in Acts 20, verse 35, that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And the funny thing about that verse, like every verse in the Bible, is you will never find out the truth of that verse if you don't first give. All right, so I have a question. Can I give if I don't tithe? Say that again. Can you give if you don't tithe? You know, I know people that are like, well, I give and I'm generous, but I don't tithe. Is that giving? I mean, I think you can give if you don't tithe, but I don't suggest it. Yeah. Because tithing protects your money. If you're not tithing, then I guarantee the devourer is at work in your life. So you'll never have enough to give if you don't tithe. Right. Right? So that's one of the tricks of the enemy that he uses to keep you from tithing. You think, how can I? Like, I can barely make ends meet as it is. Why would I make things worse by only living on 90%? Right. Like, I don't even have the 10% to give to the Lord. And I mean, my response to that was, well, you're right and you're wrong. You don't have the 10% because the devourer is in play. Mm -hmm. But the Lord rebukes the devourer when you commit to a lifestyle of tithing. So actually, the problem is not that you don't have enough. The problem is that you've unleashed a devourer. Yes. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, good. So if you actually start tithing, then he blesses your 90%. And you will find, we have found, this is a true statement, that 
that 90% of your money blessed by God goes further than 100% of your money cursed by oh, mammon. way further. It does, just does it's not crazy. make sense. It's, it's, it's uh, crazy math. <laughs> right. We've talked about this before. In fact, we've embarrassingly talked about it in public. And we, we keep a little chart. We keep a spreadsheet of everything we give mm-hmm. dated and everything we receive. And we do that because we like to wage war on a poverty mindset. Well, we have a chart of everything we give above the tithe. Oh, yes. Uh, l- let me clarify that. Yeah, our our tithe is a no-brainer. Like, we don't even think of a money that is ours to disperse pre-tithe. Like, that just does not even factor in our consideration. Right. In fact, I, it's we, not our money. We just loved it. The other day, our kids got given some money for Christmas. And uh, our kids, we, I mean, we didn't tell them. But our kids just said, okay, so we just got given 100 bucks. Okay, so 10 bucks to the tie. That means I have 90 bucks to spend. They just, like, straight off the bat, they were just like, I don't have $100 to spend. I have $90 to spend. Yeah. And I was like, kids, That's awesome. you're, you're getting it. Because, again, they've, they, they see how we live. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy math. Uh, uh, the point with telling the story about the spreadsheet is at the end of every month and at the end of every year, we can see – what we gave, we can see what we received, and we're just like, Lord, this math does not add up. Like, it how do you really make doesn't. it happen? But it's it's the kingdom principles. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, yeah, tithing. You were asking, can you give? Yeah, our advice, tithe first, give second, and then give and it will be given to you, kicks in. Yeah. Talk to me about that verse, because you, you helped me with that. Well, I think I think that verse is about more than just tithing. So that's out of Luke 6. Uh, and it's verse 38, you know, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's not just talking about tithing. That's talking about everything, you know? So, uh, give friendship and it will be given to you. Give, uh, joy and it will be given to you. You know, like whatever the thing is that you're giving, right. uh, it will be given to you. And then it's, but it's over an abundance, you know, it's not just a return of what you gave, but it's pressed down and shaken together, and then it's still running over. Right. Um, so I that's talking about a lifestyle of generosity. Then in everything that you do, it's marked by you are, um, because of who, how generous your father is, you are generous to others with everything that you have, whether it's time, whether it's resources, whether it's emotional, you know, capacity, whatever it is. I remember hearing you teach that verse. And you were talking, and you said, give, and it will be given to you. And then you asked the question, what is it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I haven't been paying attention. I don't know. What is the it? <laughs> and you were like, it is whatever you give. Right. Like, if you if you give money, yeah. money will be given to you. Yeah. If you give your time, time will be returned to you. Yeah. If you give, And I remember we went through a season where we would give things and watch as those things got multiplied back to us. Yeah. I remember, like, Back in the day when I first started learning to tithe, when I was, you know, whatever, 19, 20 in there and, you know, I'm tithing, but I had no, I had no extra, but I remember I wanted to give, but I had no extra. And so I would just find people and babysit for free or do something where I could sow time because I had time. I didn't have money, right? you know, but it was still giving because it, you know, like it saved that person the money they would have paid for babysitting or you know whatever and even then realizing wow lord you're you're doing something you're shifting something yeah i think you're right i think the amount that you give 
in one sense, doesn't have anything to do with dollars. Yeah. I mean, it does, of course. Yeah. Right? But God counts heart, the motive of the heart, as well as dollars. There's this beautiful passage in Luke 21 where Jesus is watching, he's sitting in the temple, and he's watching people come in and, and give money into the offering. And he sees all these people, you know, wealthy people come in, they give large amounts of money. And then he sees this widow come in, and she gives like two mites. Mm -hmm. And he turns to the disciples and he says, I tell you that she gave more than everyone else because she gave all she had. Everyone else gave out their abundance. Right. Currency, dollars, pounds, euros, whatever, comes and goes. But heart and faithfulness is something you can always give. Like you can always sow honor. You can always sow forgiveness. You can always sow mercy. Yeah. You can always sow a good attitude. Yeah. And I I think I, I think it was Graham Cook who once said, I remember him saying, you know, there's a couple of things I never lack because I'm always sowing them. And I was like, I really like that. And I started practicing that to the point where I'd say, I would say, tell me if you think this is me being truthful. Two things that we do not lack is encouragement and prophetic direction. Because yes. we're always sowing encouragement and we're always sowing prophetic direction to others. We're always I agree. prophesying to other people. And so it's just not a lack in our life because we're always we're always giving it. And because the Lord is good, it always returns to us. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, I, I mean, before I really got this and before I thought generosity was an exciting thing, I think I would have been like, ugh, I don't like that very much. That's going to require something of me. But, yeah, it requires personal responsibility. Yeah, yeah. But I love it now. <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, we've told so many scary testimonies over the yes. years. Like, scary good. Like, yeah. like, are you kidding me, Lord? Like, how did you? How did we end up with this? And it was Chris Valton that I once heard say, everybody wants the testimony. Nobody wants the test. Yes. Seriously, if you have not read the book, The Blessed Life by Robert Morris, it's not too late to get this for Christmas. If you haven't read The Blessed Life by Robert Morris, it is one of the most encouraging and challenging books i have ever read in my life like every time i read it i just want to give away everything i have (laughs) like it's so it's like so empowering and so challenging but the the i think part of the reason that we're fanatics about this is since we've been married we have given what we've had and received what we could never have afforded yeah absolutely like we give what time and time again we give what's in our hand and i'm constantly amazed uh, how the Lord is, I mean, it, it's somewhat embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't be embarrassed about it, but it's, it, let me change that word. It's not embarrassing. It's somewhat breathtaking. Yeah. Where you're just like, Lord, you are astonishing in your never ending goodness. And I just want to encourage everybody else to be people who, who are tithers, who are givers and are people who are comfortable giving when it hurts. Yeah. Because he's always good. Yeah. He's great. I'm not going to apologize for anything I've said, but somehow I feel like whenever I talk about giving, it never feels light and frothy. It always feels like I'm I'm doing warfare, just even talking about it. Do you feel like that? Um, maybe a little bit. I think I think cuz I realize there's so much life on the other side of really understanding it and getting it. I kind of this is probably not the right way of putting it, but I kind of don't care. <laughs> you know, because I, I remember my initial reactions to things like tithing and giving and stuff like that. And I remember all the fear and then thinking, what's your motivation for talking about this? And, you know, going through all of that process. Um, but on the other side of actually grasping it and understanding it and then walking in it and realizing the freedom that it brings, 
uh, I would rather kind of like offend with a small O and have people shift, have, have them have a shift in their lifestyle that brings freedom. And then we can sort out the small O later. Does that make sense? It does. I was thinking about that verse that the Lord loves a cheerful giver. Yeah. For me personally, I didn't become a cheerful giver until after afterwards I was a faithful giver. Yeah. Like it, me too. There was nothing cheerful about me giving. It was, I was an obedient giver, and then that led to cheerfulness. Yeah. Like, I'm glad one of us reigns the other one in, because it does get a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like, I want to do this. Like, the hey. other person's like, hey. <laughs> Anyway, Let's both hear that. <laughs> I hope that's an encouragement to you. I hope, as I don't know when you're listening to this episode, if you're listening to it on Christmas Eve, we're just praying you have the most glorious Christmas ever. We're praying for you to have an amazing new year. And I want to encourage you for 2019, as you start off 2019, consider, like my mom taught me this as, as a little boy, count your blessings, name them one by one. I, I've been nothing but encouraged by charting our giving and our receiving. Like it's... It has mathematically proved to me what is already right in the Bible, but it's just a constant encouragement. And even when we felt like the Lord has asked us to give, when, you know, we take a deep breath, but when we look at the, we look at his faithfulness in the past, it encourages us to give in the future. Absolutely. And even actually at the end of every year, we sit down with the kids because at the beginning of the year, we usually write a list, like what kinds of things would you like to see happen this year? You know, and sometimes on their list are things that they'd like to have. And sometimes it's just experiences they'd like to have, or, you know, things they'd like to see shift or whatever. And, uh, so every year after Christmas, we'll sit down at some point and go through that list and just be thankful for all the things that God did. One of the things Dave Campbell taught us really, he said, you know, your kids will grow up because you're in ministry. Your kids will grow up seeing the cost of ministry the toll of ministry that will take on you and the toll that will take on families. And you're doing your best to mitigate that, but there is a cost of being a ministry. Yeah. And he said, if they only ever see the cost, there's a danger that they become embittered at the church. Right. You have to teach them to see the blessing of being in ministry as well. So that's one of the things we do when, when we talk about tithing, when the kids ask us about money, when we're given things, we tell them like, this is because of, you know, of God. This is, this is an outworking of our faithfulness to God that yeah. He is faithful to us. Yeah. To teach them that they're they're not going to live in lack because mommy and daddy uh, decided to give our lives to Jesus. That's that's not the right. kingdom, right? And I I yeah I do think that. I mean I think there there has been in the past certainly the mindset of and maybe there still is, uh, you know, of if you're in ministry, just expect to basically you know eat on Tuesdays and Thursdays and you know maybe every other Saturday or whatever. You know, I know I'm joking, but you understand what I'm saying. Oh yeah, and yeah, so we're just trying to be real uh, intentional with the kids that. Actually, you don't ever lose out by following God. Right. The righteous will never go hungry. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you. Yes. Tied into this very topic. This is from Melissa, and she asks this. My question for the both of you is tithing related. I've been following the 50-30-20 budgeting rule. That's where 50% of your income goes towards essential expenses, 30% towards lifestyle, and 20% towards saving. I'm curious to know where tithing best fits into this. Would it go into one of the categories or would you start budgeting from income that has already had the tithe taken out? I'd love hearing any input you guys would have. I uh, That's fairly easy for me. I would say you take the 10% off the top and then you divide what remains with your 50, 30, 20 rule. 
So just take the 10% off the top first. And then now with the 100% that you have left, divide it up the way that you're you're uh, doing your budget. Yeah. Let me ask you another question. Do you tithe pre-tax or do you tithe post-tax? Like do you tithe on the gross or do you tithe on the net? Well, we tithe on the gross because um, taxes and stuff is something that you also give out right. of, right? Uh, but but it doesn't, you know, our, what we actually received before taxes is what we have received. So we give 10% on the gross. Before anything comes before out. Before anything any comes taxes out. Come out. I remember, I think it was John was once asked that, do you tithe um, on the gross or on the net? And he said, well, do you want to be blessed on the gross or do you want to be blessed on the net? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. But yeah, we're just, like like we said, AJ and I, our salary, everything that comes in, um, we we don't even consider spending 100% of it. We just, we automatically tie. That's just a foregone conclusion. It's, it's not even a discussion point. So hopefully that helps you, Melissa. Well, to wrap up, we pray that you have a glorious and wonderful Christmas yes. and a wonderful new year. And we're going to actually be taking some downtime with our family. So we will be back in your ears on Monday, the 21st of January, Woo-hoo. 2019. Of course, a huge thank you to all of our patron supporters for making the show possible this year. Especially want to thank Hillary for her support on this episode. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, you, you can learn how to do so from as little as a dollar an episode over at alanandaj.com slash support. Have a wonderful Christmas and a joy-filled new year. Faith, life, communication, tacos and video games, paleo donuts and the kindness of God, the things we deal with every day, from Franklin, Tennessee, they are just like you and me. If you are a human being, there's something here for everyone.